Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit streetlevelradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Street Level Radio. The believers there in the city of Corinth had apparently written to Paul and had asked him several questions relating to the Christian life and problems within the church and its operation. Paul is going to give these answers to these questions for the remainder of this letter. We're going to pick it up in chapter 7 today where uh, noting that Paul had already spent six chapters in what was effectively reproof and correction. He's now going to venture out into the practical instruction concerning these questions and others. He begins firstly with the issue of marriage and the single life. Now you have to understand that Christians in Corinth were surrounded by sexual temptation. This city had a reputation even amongst the pagans for extreme sexual immorality and religious prostitution. So it was this kind of society that Paul now was going to deliver these instructions on sex and marriage. Clearly, the Corinthians needed special, specific instruction because of their culture's immoral standards. So Paul's going to be very careful here in this section of uh, Scripture to teach the Corinthians uh, in a way that their culture uh, was clearly contrary to God's plan. We need to note, too, that the Corinthians had become rather confused and, I guess, entrenched in what I would call doctrinal quicksand. Because of this culture that they were living in there in the city of Corinth, they had seemingly lost their way. They had forgotten even the basics of the faith, so Paul, uh, in the subject matter before us, would lovingly take their hands and begin to reestablish their foundations of faith beneath them. It is an example of extreme patience uh, and grace on not just the uh, part of God, the part of Christ, but even on the part of Paul. Now, we need to know who the Gnostics were. The Gnostics were a religious sect that was alive and well in that day. Now, within Gnosticism, there was, and I guess there still is, two opposing viewpoints that made up this group. First there was the Epicurean camp, and the Epicureans believed that the body was evil and therefore was not a part of the spiritual dynamic at all. So those who were from that Epicurean uh, camp, they believed that they could indulge and simply feed the flesh as much as they desired and, well, it didn't matter. Then there was the Stoics. They were also Gnostic, but they were coming from the opposite end of the spectrum. And the Stoics believed that the flesh was also evil, just like the Epicureans. However, the Stoics, they had a different solution. They instead denied the flesh everything possible, even necessities. In the midst of that overwhelming religious quagmire, these believers, they're in that church, in their weakened state, man, they were just trying to find their way to some clarity. Verse 1 of our text says, Now concerning the things about which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. 
Now, in their confusion, these believers, they still, thank God, had a good sense and humility to seek counsel on troubling issues. So, as we mentioned before, they had apparently had written to Paul on a few matters, and this letter contained Paul's reply, his answers to their questions. Now, note, right off the bat, Paul takes an interesting position here. Clearly, Paul is not coming from a family-first position, or from that opinion that being married is a God-given right, or even a necessity. Paul, in fact, presents this issue from the position that God, and serving God, is the foundation, the baseline, if you will, from which to begin all other peripheral issues, and those peripheral issues include marriage and family. Both here and in the last chapter, we were reminded that as believers, our bodies are not our own. They ultimately belong to God, despite our repeated constant attempts to draw lines and find some elusive balance, if you will. Now, these words from Paul may irritate us, but it's only because we don't like it when Scripture takes an opposing view from our own. So we can bristle when confronted with the honest and clear Scripture, and often we'll simply choose to hold on to our opposing views, and we'll still call ourselves Christians. Paul begins by saying, It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Quote, unquote. Now, from his other writings, we know that Paul was certainly not anti-marriage. In fact, Paul would have had to have been married, at least at some point in the past, to have actually been a member of the Sanhedrin, which we know he was. Now, the Sanhedrin was the Supreme Council and the Tribunal of the Jews that was headed by the high priest, and they had religious and civil and criminal jurisdiction, and to be a part of this group, you had to be married. So in this passage, Paul is no doubt speaking concerning actually entering into a relationship with a woman, especially one that is physical. Note that we're not necessarily speaking about an illicit relationship, but even a proper relationship. So Paul, again, elaborating here and elsewhere, is approaching this subject of other sex relationships with honesty and simplicity. He is aware that having such a relationship is going to transfer, naturally, many of our passions and our time commitments to our spouse which will therefore take away from our attention and service to God. So this speaks clearly, gang, as to just where God places our service unto him, <laughs> never mind our priorities. So note the careful language Paul uses in this verse. He not only advises us to stay out, stay away from blatant sexual activity, but also even any physical contact. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.